Hello, everybody, once again, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I'm so excited that you've made the decision for yourself to join us today. Now, as the name suggests, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into one of several different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others build their businesses. And then, on the other side of the spectrum, we have the do-it-yourselfers who love to have your own hands on the marketing levers as you grow your businesses. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Every week, we update with a fresh episode. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Well, we are now in the season of events. We're in the season of seminars. We're in the season of retreats. And there are so many different events out there. And one of the biggest challenges we hear from our business creator listeners who are hosting events or thinking about hosting events is how to fill those things. And not all of us are doing arena-type events. Some of us are doing smaller events. Some of us are doing retreat-type events, which is why I'm so especially happy to have with us today our guest expert, who I'll introduce in just a second. What we're going to be talking about is how to retreat and grow rich. I love that title, Retreat and Grow Rich. How to add six figures a year to your business by hosting small retreats. And to have on our show today... To show us how to retreat and grow rich is none other than Darla Ledoux. Darla, how are you doing today? I'm great, Adam. Thanks so much for having me. Great, great. Let me just tell the audience a little bit about you here, and I'm going to read from the official bio in the Stentorian Tones. Darla Ledoux is the founder and lead teacher and coach at Aligned Entrepreneurs. Her journey took her from type A corporate chemical engineer committed to looking good and doing things right to free-spirited entrepreneur blazing a new trail for what's possible and paradigm-shifting, connection-based marketing. When she writes, teaches, or speaks from the stage – Darla shares both practical and spiritual lessons from the heart. And I can attest personally, I've seen Darla from the stage. This is very true. Her number one goal for her clients is that they see clearly and own what makes them unique. When they understand how to put it out into the world in a way that connects with the right clients every time, they can make money simply by being themselves. She's grown her business by at least six figures each year with one core strategy, hosting small retreats and Good for us that she's finally decided to talk about it. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can hang with you here, Darla. I know that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for that introduction, and I'm really excited to be sharing this topic. Yes, yes. I, um, yeah, you know, you and I met in person two years ago at the Be the Change event in Orlando, Florida. Uh, this was Suzanne Evans' you event. Know- you know what's crazy is I think it was three years ago. Let, 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 let's do a count here. Um, <laughs> I believe it was 2013, um, and I'm connecting now with other events that were going on in my life at the time. I believe it was around April or May of 2013, so let's count um, 2013 to 14, 2014 oh, yeah, you're to right, 15. So just two years, just two years. And, uh, and uh, meeting you will be stick indelibly in my mind because I remember I think it was on day three you took a header in the bathroom and then on day four you showed up in a wheelchair and do you remember the advice I gave you 
I don't. <laughs> My advice I, I have to, you, to tell you, I got a lot of advice that day. <laughs> Yeah, and it was because of that that my suggestion to you was anytime somebody says, oh, Darla, what happened to you? Or even if they give you the looks like they're trying to figure out if you're okay, just look them firm in the eye, steal your jaw, and with a straight face say, you should have seen the other guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you actually tried that, and it's okay if you don't tell me the results. But what we'd like to do here is, uh, before we dive in, let's take a step back and give those of our listeners who may not have heard of you yet a chance to get to know you a little. So just tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today. I know I read off your very impressive bio, but I know you have a story here, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, I, like many of my clients, I kind of was programmed growing up that if I'm smart, I get love, and if I, and to be sure not to have the wrong answers. Like, basically, just don't screw up. That was kind of the environment I was raised in. And so I became a chemical engineer, which was a great career to show I was smart and, um, you know, have lots of data to back me up so I never had the wrong answer, if that makes sense. Um, Only it really was not the best career for me and my heart and my, my true purpose. So, you know, I did a good job, and I got promoted, and I was sent to this training um, to be a coach. And so within my company, I was coaching people to have good working relationships. And the biggest thing we addressed in this training was um, really to go a layer deeper than how people present themselves and really understand what they actually think and what they actually believe. And if you can draw that out of people, um, they'll have much better working relationships because now they're dealing with their actual beliefs, right? So if someone had a bias about someone, let's get it out on the table so it's not getting in the way of our working together. Correct. And that training was so impactful for me. I, I, you know, it was like 14 days. It was retreat-style training, which is fascinating given what I'm doing now. Um, But during that time, you know, we really got to see the inside of how people think and people at all levels of the organization. I mean, we had vice presidents in this Fortune 20 company in the room. And pretty much everyone was walking around kind of telling people what they wanted to hear so no one would judge them, right? Mm -hmm. And I just, for whatever reason, I was like, gosh, we expend so much energy doing this. What would it be like if we could just be ourselves, say what we're actually thinking, do what we actually believe, and still make great money, right? Because mostly people were um, doing that to keep their job right, to be able to make money. And so in that training, that little seed was planted, and I kind of started to view the world differently. And I find this with a lot of my clients, like there are those pivotal moments where they get a new awareness and they start to see the world differently. And from that point on, I really started to be this researcher around when people were being themselves and telling the truth and when they weren't. And I started to look at how does that affect our effectiveness, you know, whether people trust us, whether people want to work with us, um, that type of thing. And I had all these ideas, Adam. I would, like, download a workshop, right? Just all of a sudden one day I'd be like, oh, my gosh, we could do this retreat, and here are the people that would come, and here's the difference it would make. And I would write it, you know, write my plans out and little notebooks. And um, then I would tell someone about my idea, 
And they would look at me like I had three heads, right? You're a chemical engineer at a Fortune 20 company. What are you talking about? Why would you do this? You can't make money at that. And uh, and so I would stop, right? I was um, really just terrified, and I would stop. And that happened for years and years and years, (laughs) about eight to be exact. And then my stepdad was diagnosed with cancer. And I was sitting in my corporate cubicle when I got the the final call that he had passed because I'd run out of vacation days. And so I went back, you know, to sit in my cube. And and for whatever reason in that moment, one, I realized I really wanted to be able to work when, where, and how I want. You know, actually, as we're speaking right now, I'm at a family member's house in California um, because there's some medical stuff going on. And I have the freedom to be here and be supportive of that. So... Um, so I made that decision that I really was going to try this thing that I'd been dreaming about and risk that I might fail, right? So that's kind of where I got into online marketing, um, but I'd really been thinking about it for a long time. And so I started studying and, of course, still, like, wanting to do everything right. I learned all the formulas for how to launch a program, what to put in an online coaching program, how to write a sales page, all of that stuff. Started building my list, did did a telesummit, launched a program, and nothing happened. It was like crickets. And, (laughs) you know, and I think probably a lot of people have had this experience because you kind of watch people. You know, I watch everything. And it's like, well, these people are sending emails, and then they're saying, oh, program sold out, right? Like, it must be really easy to sell programs by sending emails. And it wasn't for me, especially in the beginning. And I had to kind of stop and take a step back and look at, well, why is this, right? And I went back to the thing I'd been dreaming about for years. You know, every time I thought about what I really wanted to do with my life, I pictured people in a room. I pictured retreats. I pictured workshops. I I pictured work in groups. And and I fundamentally believe that that makes a bigger difference than anything you can study online. Um, You know, when you get people is when you really get to know who you are and you really get to make real changes in the world. And so I just decided I had watched people do events. Um, I had taken some speaker training. I had done a, a handful of things, and I decided to do my first retreat. And... My first retreat was scary. I prayed every morning, dear God, may the greatest and highest good unfold today. And it really did. And I um, had 16 people in the room at that retreat, and I brought in six of them as private clients in a $6,000 program. And at that point, prior to the retreat, I had had about $1,200 a month in income. Now I suddenly had 6000 a month recurring revenue for six months, and everything in my life changed at that point. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, I wish I could say then that was my wake-up call and I just started doing retreats and that's it. <laughs> um, but I still wanted to do everything that everyone was teaching that you should do, and so I kept doing all these launches, right? But every mm-hmm. time I would have a retreat, I would significantly increase my income every single time. And I would increase my understanding of my content. I would increase my presence. Everything would change every single time I did a retreat. And so finally, this past year, I I kind of woke up and said, wait, this is your thing, right? I've been doing it. I've done 30 retreats now. Um, But it just never occurred to me 
there's probably a lot of other people out there who are designed like me and programmed like me and would really thrive um, in the environment of the small retreat. So that's what's brought me to share this information today. That is fantastic, and I love the progression, and I think what's pretty eye-opening for me is when we vision doing events, we all see ourselves as, or many of us may see ourselves as being uh, on a center stage at an arena-type event with 700 people in a room. And the fact is, with everything that's going on today, where we have all these webinars and we have the live streams and we have all the information on demand online all the time, it's getting harder and harder to fill a room. And even if you're looking to fill a room, it's getting harder and harder to get people to pay for the privilege of being there. I mean, a lot of these, I have been mm-hmm. to so many events, Darla, where I have not paid a dime to be there. And there were seven, 800 mm-hmm. people in the room. And I'm thinking, if I didn't pay anything to be there, most of the other people probably didn't pay anything to be there either. So how are they not only making all this money and realizing all this revenue, but in a situation where they can spend six figures to put on this arena-type event. So where's the return on investment here? And I think that there are going to be some threads between that and what you're going to share on Retreat and Grow Rich. Now, here in the Business Creators Radio Show, and I know that all of our listeners are now saying, here we go again, and this is my favorite part. We provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that any of our experts tells them to do, except for time and money. This is the question we ask every expert who appears on our show. What I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So how do time and money impact what you're about to share with us today? Well, you know, the first thing I would say to someone that has that thought is we all have the same amount of time, right, right? 24 hours in the day. And I actually believe energetically, I teach a lot of energetic principles, that we all have access to the same resources. So so the first thing I would say when someone says that is kind of get over yourself and look around at what resources you do have because when you're really in alignment with your goal, the right people show up, the right opportunities show up, you know, and for me, I've always, um, you know, if I get a real intuitive knowing that I need to take some action, I take the action and the money comes later, right? And I'm right. very grateful that I had a corporate job, so I had access to credit cards to start my business. Right. Um, so, you know, so that's kind of the first thing is, yeah, we you just kind of, other people are doing it and being successful and there's no reason you can't, right? So kind of let go of any story that you have that you're different or that you can't do it. Um, on a practical basis, um, for me, retreats are the best way to solve that dilemma because it really helps you to leverage your time and make more money. And so I will talk a little more about that as we go, but you know, when you're hosting an intimate retreat, and the the model that I teach is, you know, eight to 12 people in a room. Um, now you're connecting with eight to 12 people at once instead of working one-on-one with your clients. So it really does help streamline things. Um, but the other thing is when someone spends, this is the reason people do big events, right? Um, right. And we'll talk about the difference. I love that you brought that up. Um, but when someone spends three days with you, they get to know you intimately, they understand what they can expect from you, 
and they're way more likely to pay a premium to work with you. And so, you know, it saves time to get a group of people in the room together. It saves your time. If, you, if all of your clients need to know the same 10 things, you can give it to them all at once. And it allows you to make more money because these people now know, like, and trust you, you know, in a way that is not possible over the Internet, quite honestly. Right. Yeah, I think these are all very good points, and uh, I'm just so excited about this that I want to get right into it. Uh, now, I know in the past you've talked about how to make big money from a small email list, which is another very common topic that our business creators just love, the whole thing about making big money from a small email list. And now you're talking about small retreats. Now, I know you've sort of given us a preview, and in the preview you've given us so far, it actually, to me, felt kind of liberating that we can do this with small retreats. So why small retreats specifically? Well, you know, I'll start with um, what you just talked about, right? So, and some of what has crystallized this for me, um, that I really want to be an advocate for people hosting more intimate retreats, is I hosted a bigger event last year. Yes. I had a 100-person event, and I will tell you, you know, we picture ourselves on the stage, and it's wonderful, and it was awesome, right? I loved it so much. It was so much fun in the room. But if you look at the the cost as well as the amount of work that goes into creating that experience, that part is not as fun, right? And I, you know, I have tons of colleagues that host big events. Um, very few of them find that to be <laughs> fun or interesting, okay. if any. Um, and the profit margin really, you know, if you do the small retreat in the right way, um, you'll make just as much profit as putting 100 people in the room. Right. Um, the intimacy is greater. The degree of trust is greater. The level of um, service that you can offer them after the retreat is so much greater than um, in a big event, right, where people are kind of buying the, the glamour of it or the excitement of it rather than really being a perfect fit client for you. Okay. So um, I want to – Unpack one thing here. You mentioned that whether you're doing a large-scale event or a small-scale event, your uh, margin of profit is the same. Now, are we talking about by percentage or are we talking about uh, specific amounts of money? Oh, um, specific amounts of money. How's that? Because you think with a lot less. How's that? Because a lot with a lot less people in the room and Mm -hmm. a lot less opportunities to close the people in the room on something like a coaching program or a mastermind or whatever the next step is working with you. You'd think that it wouldn't be possible to make as much money. Yeah, you would think so, right? So I'll just share, you know, and one thing about me that people will learn about me is I'm a full disclosure, transparent kind of person. That's part of what I teach. you know, so to host a big event, like you said, that's a six-figure investment to yes. do it really well. And so, you know, my event, I booked, you know, 250000 in business in my event. Um, and so, you know, profit-wise, it's 150. Um, I, I can make that in a small retreat. Right, right. So we're talking about $250,000 amortized over a year. Is that what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. I can. Okay. Now, when you explain it to that 
that way I can see it because if you're booking X amount of people into a mastermind group and then you're taking the cost of putting on a large-scale event versus a small-scale retreat, uh, the costs are going to be much different. So let's unpack that a little bit further, too, because, I mean, I've been involved in the planning of a couple <laughs> large events. I've been involved in the planning of a couple medium-sized events. And I know that even to get 40 people in a room, you can easily have a $10,000 expenditure, particularly if it's your first one and you haven't yet invested in all the banners mm-hmm. and AV equipment and all the little things you don't realize when you're first going into it that you don't have yet. So that may go down a right. little bit as you do subsequent events, but uh, let's just use, say, $10,000 is the benchmark uh, for a medium-sized event, and we can be talking about six figures if you're trying to fill an arena. What are the approximate costs to do a small retreat? Uh, let's let's hear your magic on that one. Yeah, I mean, I it, it really varies depending on the experience you want to give people, right? So for me, you know, my brand is a premium brand. That's important to me. It's important to my clients. They want to really be masters of their business and their life. And right. so um, they want their environment to reflect that, right? So I tend to do higher-end hotels. I tend to provide food and beverage. Um, there's a, a whole lot of behind-the-scenes on negotiating that. Um, and so my retreats, my typical retreat is a $4,000 out-of-pocket for me. And that's a pretty high-end experience, right? right? So you can go, um, you know, you can go as low as about a thousand to put that on, depending on what you, what experience you really want to create for people. And they can go up to 10k. You know, if I'm doing something in my private coaching programs, I also include retreats in that. I'm just a big believer in that modality. Um, you know, I might invest in having a videographer come in and have them create homepage videos. Right. During the retreat. Right. And so some of those things add additional expenses, some of the experiences, transportation, things like that. But it could be anywhere from a thousand to, you know, ten thousand. Oh, so it depends on some of the other features that go into it. And I find that very interesting. You mentioned you have somebody come in to do homepage recordings. Um, I personally have three sets of marketing power shots, if you know what I'm talking about. And two of those sets were taken by photographers at events that I either attended or spoke at. Mm, that's so great. That, that, that's another pretty, pretty popular offering out there. And I can easily, and you know, creating any copy for any events, I can easily make the case that just getting your marketing poses taken at the event is worth the entire ticket. Uh, I mean, that's right. a very easy case to make. <laughs> and we're talking about professional homepage videos with the with the uh, with the white background and the high quality sound mm-hmm. and the coaching through it and everything else. I mean, we're we're talking about some serious money here, where it's more than worth it. I mean, I know people that uh, that fly across the country just to get homepage videos done because the the person they trust to do them is in a different time zone. So imagine adding that to your yeah. event. So I really want our listeners to hear this. Think about what other needs your attendees have. And big ones could be things like getting their power poses, their marketing poses done, or getting a homepage video done or something like that. Something tangible, something they can use, something that they can do surface level research on and figure out that the cost of attending that retreat is almost as much as um or even about the same as just getting that one small piece of it done so it's like you get your pictures taken with the retreat attached if you want to look at by the numbers yeah and adam you know it's a really great point and it brings up why i believe that this model is so popular right now and going to continue to grow 
people, you know, we have so much access to information at our fingertips online, but experiences and resources and connections are what people are looking for these days, right? It's what's really um, valuable. Right. And if you've got a group of, you know, 15 people and you bring in a videographer, that does not have to be expensive, right? right? Whereas if each of them were to pay for that separately, that could be, you know, $50,000 and it costs you two. <laughs> right. right. Precisely. Precisely. And it's a, and that's, you know, it could be bringing in a speaker that they otherwise couldn't have access to. In my retreat coming up um, this week, I have a, an Olympic athlete coming in to speak, right? It's a connection that I have. It's someone they would have never met otherwise. Wow. Um, yeah. And those are some of the things you can do when you start to put people in a room. And the thing is, the people want to be in your room. Right. So you can really do a lot of negotiating. So my videographer, I actually paid a thousand dollars to have him come in. And um, because now he's the favorite videographer of that group of 15 people. Right. Nice. So you have a ton of leverage because you're putting people in the room. You right. You can really do some negotiating. Right. This is this is a really good thing to think about. So. What, uh, in your experience, are some of the myths out there that you see people say about small retreats? And then tell us what you see as being the truth. I think we covered one of them already, that uh, that it's uh, impossible to make money at small events because there's not many people in a room. And you showed us how that's actually not the case. Where are some of the other myths, and how can you dispel them Yeah, for us? exactly, exactly. Um, you know, myth number two is, and we, we kind of touched on this, but I have to have a big email list and be well-known in order to do this. Okay. And, you know, the truth is, honestly, you know, eight people in a room can change your life. If you're, especially if you're at that place where you don't have any recurring revenue, eight people in a room can make a huge difference for you. So you don't need to have thousands of people on your list. You know, retreats are built on intimate connections. You can go, I mean, for most people, it really depends on who your target audience is and whether they gather um, but if they gather, you can go into a room with those people and fill your retreat, you know, from networking once or twice. So, or giving one talk, right? You don't need masses of people to make it work. Um, I crossed six figures and had my first retreat and crossed six figures with less than 500 people on my email list. Right. Um, this, this next myth is I need to have a lot of speaking experience in order to lead a successful live retreat. So people kind of worry, like, could I do this? What, would I have anything to say? Would people listen to me? Um, and, you know, the truth is that leading a small retreat is actually way easier than speaking on someone else's stage. So if you um, have been able to make enough of a connection with someone that they want to attend your retreat, they've already bought into you, right? So retreats are actually a great way to practice your speaking skill. Because, you know, you you know, Adam, if you're speaking on someone else's stage, you've got the skeptics in the room, you've got the people who came to hear someone else and they don't really want to hear from you, you've got, right. you know, arms crossed and all of that. And in your own retreat, you you can still get some of that. Some people are drug or they're like in resistance. But for the most part, um, people are hungry for what you have to say, right? So they're already coming in energetically giving you a lot of power. So it's a great opportunity 
to hone your speaking skills. I'd actually only had two speaking engagements ever before I hosted my first retreat. Wow, that's very impressive. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just kind of did, and this is a lot of what I teach, is how do you get so clear about what you're teaching and the transformation you offer that you just know um, how to lead people, right? And the, the clients I tend to work with on this strategy, they're, they're intuitive. They tend to connect well with other people. They tend to... Um, you know, sense people's energy. Maybe they don't realize it. They haven't really honed that skill, but they have that natural skill of understanding the energy in a room. Um, and when you can really understand that and connect with people in the right way, it, it becomes very natural to lead that, actually. Wow, that's that's really great. That's awesome. Now, um, how can someone determine if this small retreat model is really the right fit for them. And the reason I ask this question is I want to go back again to the dream that many folks have in the business creators community of having the arena of people all chanting their names, 700 people in the arena, and themselves <laughs> on center stage. How can they determine if maybe what they really need to think about is the small retreat model? Well, I think that whether your true purpose is to be in an arena setting or whether your true purpose is to be in a small room, it's great to start with a small room. Right. Because, you know, you'll hone your skills, you'll hone your content, you'll uh, understand how to lead that big room better. Um, so I I would recommend starting there either way. You know, one of the things I had to ask myself really honestly is why, you know, and I'm doing another big event this year. Right. You know, and I made that decision totally transparently in the high of the last event, right? Oh my gosh, that was so fun. That was so great. Let's do this again. I love Mm -hmm. it. Um, But when I do a retreat, it is like easy as breathing for me, right? Whereas the event is a lot of work. So it kind of depends on um, someone's personality style. So, you know, my business is aligned entrepreneurs and my belief is, that when you align your business with how you're designed to operate naturally, it's easy. You just be yourself and you make money, right? It doesn't feel like a lot of work. And so you really want to ask yourself personality-wise, um, what is a good fit for you? If you connect well with people, if you're intuitive, if you're empathic, and when I say those words, a lot of people don't know that they're intuitive or empathic, so they have to really stop and think about it, right? But if you're the person that um, people seem to gravitate toward to share problems, right, or talk with about important topics, you're probably going to be a good retreat leader. If you are someone who seems to somehow understand what people are feeling without them saying it, right, you'd probably be a great retreat leader. Um, If you are, you know, (laughs) it's tricky, Adam, because a lot of my people – are kind of like me, right? They come from this left brain linear world. I have a lot of people who are, you know, from technical backgrounds or um, attorneys or, you know, that kind of background. And they start to realize they're intuitive. They start to realize that their gifts are around holding space for people, helping people see things about themselves never seen before, honing in on like what, 
what someone's specific problem or block is, and they do it really, really naturally, um, but they've never really honored or embraced that part of themselves because, in you know, when you're in corporate, it's like not really – people don't really check in to say, well, what does your gut say and how are you feeling about that, right? Right. And um, so – a lot of people who get into small retreats, they're kind of honing those skills. So if you're listening and you're saying, well, I don't know if that's me, that might not be me, I would think about it. I would consider if that is a part of who you are naturally. You know, there are people who they don't want to connect with other people's energy. They don't want to, um, you know, they're not willing to have that intimacy of a retreat, and they are better served on a big stage with distance or, or behind their laptop. Um, you know, using webinars. So those are some of the questions I would ask to see if it's the right fit for you. Yeah, I'm very glad you mentioned that last point because I'm thinking about some of the folks who listen to the Business Creators Radio Show who may be more introverted, such as myself. And uh, Mm -hmm. it can be challenging for some people depending on how they gain and expend their energy from interpersonal connections and relations Mm -hmm. to be in such a close room for three days, possibly four days. I mean, I personally um, can do it. I can get very excited about doing it. However, I have to prepare myself, and I have to be able to escape from time to time. And the nature of mm-hmm. hosting events is is that, uh, is that if you are the host or you are the star of the event, you're not going to get a whole lot of time to yourself. Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And a lot of times introverts are better off, like they really feed on the energy of a group. Yeah. And they don't necessarily have to connect with the individuals in a bigger room. Um, you know, at the same time, there are some that like the safety of the smaller room. Um, and when you're in charge, the great thing is you can kind of design your retreat to suit you. Right. So someone who's an introvert who knows that they really do want to connect intimately, that they want to make that that you can't see the same difference in a big event that you can in a small room because people can hide. Um, you know, you, there's a, there are ways to handle it. You can design in long breaks. You know, I, I actually attended a retreat this summer um, in Maui, and we had three hours of class a day. Okay. I can, I can work with that. So, I know, and it was so impactful. And what the, the host did is brought in some other um, – other people. So we had like a yoga, a morning yoga class and an evening meditation class. And then we had three hours a day and the rest of the day was free. And it was super effective. So, you know, don't think, and this is another myth out there, which is you have to hold them captive and control their thinking. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I buy into that. You can kind of design it to work for you. You don't have to go from 8am to 10pm to have a, an experience work for you. Right. That's my opinion. Um, the other thing is bring in other people. You know, if you wanted to bring in a videographer, go go take a nap or go for a walk or, you know, whatever um, during that time period. Let your team handle that piece. Yeah, these are so all there's some, lots of ways to do it. Yeah, these are some great strategies, and I appreciate you sharing some of this stuff with us. Because, I mean, I was thinking myself, oh, my goodness, host a three-day retreat? How am I going to – I better plan my three-day retreat, and then I better plan my two-week vacation just to recover from it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it might not be the best fit for you then either, right? But, so there are tons of strategies to make it easier. Right. And 
you know, it, it really is getting help, getting support, knowing. Here's where I think people break down. So there's a, a couple places people break down. One is they do way too much content, right? So you think three days and you're like, oh, my God, that's like 400 PowerPoint slides and 18 exercises and a, you know, three-ring binder. And it, Honestly, that kills people's experience when we give too much content. You know, right. for most people, I have to cut their content at least in half. You need way less than you think. You can give way more space than you think. The reason people put so much in there is they think, I have to prove that this is valuable. Yeah, I struggle with this myself. Every time I create a presentation of my own, I usually cut it by half, and then I have to cut it by a little bit more than half. And uh, eventually I figure out that storytelling is the best way to go anyway. <laughs> so uh, so, so that, that that's that's the thing. We're, we're, you know, human beings – particularly our business creators, tend to be the, the giving store to like people to see how knowledgeable they are. And they like to know on a day-to-day basis that people are listening to them and gaining help from the support that they're getting, just watching these presentations, hearing what folks have to say. But that can be a lot. That can be a lot. And I also appreciate you sharing with us some strategies on um, how to make this easier. Because even if you're the most extroverted person in the world, uh Doing a, you know, being the host or the star or the producer of an event is a very draining experience. It requires a lot of energy and a lot of time. I mean, uh, you know, a friend of mine did a small retreat in, I believe, New Jersey just this past weekend. And, uh, you know, he and I are involved. We, we share a couple different clients and, uh, he kind of went dark on everybody for about a week. And then I found out later that, uh, he, uh, got some, uh, revelations about what it takes to put on an event in the five days leading up to it. <laughs> it's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into this. I can I can tell you that right now. Not necessarily for the faint of heart, but not uh, but not necessarily something you should turn away either. Because I like the idea of uh, being able to do a fantastic event, being able to get a small number of highly committed people in the room. Because it's easier to get 15 people in the room than it is to get 700, if you ask me. Exactly. Just a random exactly. thought off it's the top of my head. <laughs> Yeah, the lead time is is less, and most you know so much of the preparation. So there's two two main things. One is really to be clear about the intention of your retreat. And I teach there's three different models. There's the mastermind model. In the mastermind model, you need virtually no content, probably like two pieces of content, and then you allow the people in the room to really generate the experience. But you have to really trust yourself to do that. Right, because you have to trust yourself to lead the room and hold the intention and move people forward. Um, the second model is the content model, and that's where you're really, you know, focused on a specific outcome and you're teaching specific segments of content to lead to that certain outcome. And then there's the combo model. And my retreats are the combo model generally. I have one that's a content model and one that's a um, combo model. I have, you know, two that I've done repeatedly now. Um, and the combo just means, you know, I have certain, I have three pieces of content that I teach over the course of three days. And then I use um, the people in the room to generate the conversation. So each person gets 30 minutes in front of the room where we focus on their business, right? And so right. between those three pieces of content, I have an, an activity or an experience that I put them through, literally put them through. <laughs> um, and then you know, the rest is generated from what they've got going on in their business. And it flow and what's great is it's the same thing every time. And this is, you know, this is the piece I, I want to make sure people get. 
you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, I've I've added another retreat, a second one for my own entertainment. Um, but I can keep doing the same one over and over again. It's different right. every time, but it's all systematized. So it's no work. Literally, I remember the first time I realized, I'm like, this is no work. Like, I in the evening, I'm, like, watching movies in the hotel room, you know? Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I don't have anything to do here. It's so easy. So it doesn't. It does not have to be complicated. The reason it's hard the first time is everything's new and you're scared. Right. Do they like me? Will this work? How's it going to go? Oh, my gosh. Did I get the, you know, and and I have a program that leads people through the different steps with things like, you know, the the confidentiality and media release agreement that you want them to sign when they get there and, you know, the insurance you need and things like that. Like, so people don't have to invent that piece. Um, but it really doesn't have to be that hard. And then the second thing is having the right support team. So, you know, and I tend to work with a lot of the, a lot of the entrepreneurs that come to me in the beginning, they're very nice, you know, like want to be liked, want to be friendly. Um, and it can really be a detriment at a retreat to be too nice, right? Because you have to go recharge. You have to take care of yourself. And right. So you have to bring in a support team that gets that, that isn't going to expect you to be like cheerleading them. Oh, good job for, you know, getting the coffee. Um, but really understand that you, on the break, you're going to bolt up to your room and you're not going to talk to anyone. And that's their job, right? Right. To, to understand the questions in the room, to talk with people, to filter it back to you with no drama. And getting the right support in the room is really important, too. Yes. Yeah, we're already two-thirds of the way through this. This topic is flying by so quickly because this is something that uh, – and I myself am taking feverish notes here. I'm not only the host, but I'm also a student here today, and we'll probably be listening to this on the iTunes feed several times as we go through the next uh, mm-hmm. few days and weeks of my life. Um, Darla, what would you say are the top three secrets around hosting small retreats that makes them highly profitable? Because I, I think a lot of our listeners are thinking right now, yeah, I could be on board with this, but getting 15 people in the room and all the time and energy and effort I'm going to put into this, I better make some coin. Yeah, yeah. So the three secrets are, you know, the first thing is, you, you don't want to be necessarily um, – you want the right people in the room, right? Right. So what I suggest is before you even um, put any money out to a venue or anything like that is you want to know that you've got some of the right people in the room. So you want people registered before you um, book it, before you commit. So this is – this is also – I have to give a caveat because there's a personality piece to this as well. Like for me, when I – book something, when I sign a contract, there's no way it's not going to work out. That's just right. who I am. I'm like, I would never, you know, go through that shame or whatever it is. So so sometimes I'll sign a contract just to commit myself to the date. But, you know, you don't have to get yourself financially paying out until you actually have people booked in the room. And so here's one of my strategies for doing that is to offer a some other lower-priced offering that comes with a bonus ticket to the retreat. Okay. Um, and you're familiar with this from the event model, right? Right. It's a little different with the retreat model because you want people to be a little more committed. Like in the event model, you know, it's kind of like, oh, your cousin's brother's 
and once spent twenty dollars with me, you get a free ticket, right? <laughs> not not the same That's, not the same level of commitment. I mean, I myself have bought products because an event ticket came with it, and I've seen that model work effectively, but I know with retreats, we're talking about something a little bit differently because we're filling mm-hmm. a different type of room. Yep, exactly. So it might be kind of like, you know, you want them to have some skin in the game. So what I suggest is either, you know, my first retreat, I did a um, 12-week group program. If I did it today, it would probably be six weeks, um, just because I'm I've learned Less is more <laughs> a lot of times. Right. Um, but it was a, a $1,400 price point that came with a ticket to the retreat, right? So they had a certain investment level in the program, and I got to know them over the course of the program. So quite honestly, I would follow up with the people I wanted in the room, and people were not, like, my best people. I didn't invite them into the room, right? But you start to have the core audience in the room with you. If you don't have any kind of program, I don't recommend someone goes and creates a six-week program. Um, offer some sort of one-on-one experience with people that comes with the retreat. So maybe it's an assessment that you use. It's some sort of evaluation right, with a price point, again, of $1,000 or so, maybe a little bit more. And it comes with a ticket to the retreat. So, um, you know, I use a an energy assessment um, with my clients. That could be something I could do is sell that assessment with the retreat. Right. And here's here's psychologically why that works well is people know they like you. They know they want to work with you, but they have to go check their travel calendar and their babysitter schedule and, you know, how much flights cost to get to your retreat. And those things will get in the way of them making the decision. But if they're making the decision on the assessment with you and then they've got the retreat, they're going to figure out how to make that happen. Okay. Um, so, so that's the first tip. To to really know you've got those people coming and and get them to commit. Get a get a contract from a hotel that says we're available this date, right? Get the deadline you need to sign that. Get four people to commit to your retreat before you sign the contract. Um, you. Yep. So the second way to make it profitable, the second secret is you want to have a next step leaving the retreat. So, um, you know, I've been sharing this story a lot. This is super impactful for me. This summer I went to a Hay House You Can Do It event. I am a huge Wayne Dyer fan um, and I'd never seen him in person. So we went to Austin and we went to this two-day event. And have you ever been to one or do you know about them? Uh, tell me more about what you're referring to. Okay, so it's it's basically a multi-author, multi-speaker event. So all of their, you know, they have a group of authors that speak in segments and some have more time and less time. But it's speaker after speaker after speaker, and then they sell their book. And then, you know, whoever speaks before the break, you can go and buy their book and get a signature and a picture and whatever, right? And so it's all different topics from wellness to personal growth to business, meditation, a ton of different topics. Uh, everyone's really passionate. You're like, yes, I love this. I'm so glad you're doing this work in the world, and it makes me want to change my life. And so day one is, like, super exciting, right, awesome. And then day two is you get to, like, lunch in the afternoon. Like, you can feel the energy in the room depleting, getting stressful. It's like just this funky vibe in the room. And, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe people are just tired, right? I mean, there's a piece of that. 
But then I started to think about none of those speakers offered us any opportunity to hold ourselves accountable to whatever decisions we just made in our head, right? So you get there, you get inspired, and you're like, I'm going to lose, you know, 10 pounds, or I'm going to launch my business, or whatever it looks like. There was no upsell, essentially, besides a book. And I don't know, during the 10 years I daydreamed about starting a business, I read countless books and did nothing, right? (laughs) So people are walking away with 10 books now that they should read to be a better person in life and no structure for support. It's like, no wonder everybody is feeling stressed, right? So I am a huge, I share that because this is why I'm such a huge advocate of offering a next step with you at the retreat. And that's where the money really comes, right? So your retreat itself, the way that I do it, I think of the retreat as a marketing expense. And my goal is just to break even on the retreat itself, but that the percentage of people who are my perfect ideal clients, they're going to spend the next year working with me. Because if I've done my job, I've gotten them to the point where they've made some breakthroughs, they've gotten some clarity, um, they know what they need, they're committed, and they know that they need support to make that happen. Because the biggest, and this comes back to, to me, the biggest reason entrepreneurs don't succeed is their environment, right? If people are saying, well, I don't have time and money, probably because they're hanging around people who don't have time and money. And everyone around them is buying into their story that they don't have time and money. Right. And so they're really staying stuck. So to me, the biggest service you can do for someone is to provide them a container of support for, you know, six months or a year, depending on where you are in your business and what you do and and what serves your people but for a period of time after that event. Right? I think that if every single person, if they at the Hay House event, if they sat down with people and said, what was your biggest inspiration here? What are you most going to change? Okay, great. Here's the program for you. Right? For the next three months, you're going to do this. It would be a whole different experience. It would be have such a bigger impact. So, you know, a lot of times people are resistant to selling or upselling or whatever, and I really want people to get that that's such a service. And that's really where the money comes. Right. Okay, speaking of money here, and I know we have about 10 minutes left, and I want to give you a few minutes at the end to share something with our audience, uh, that there's a few folks who knew you were coming on the Business Creators Radio Show uh, kind of tugged at my coat here, uh, you know, such as the coat I'm going to wear in Las Vegas, and said and asked me if I could please ask you the following question. So let's say you have this event plan, whether it's a big event, a small event, a retreat, or whatever it is, and you've been marketing it for two months, the doors open in six weeks, and you still have seven spaces to fill. Uh, you've sent out a whole bunch of emails to your list. You don't know how many more ways you can present this. It's starting to feel repetitive and boring to you to even promote the thing, but yet you've got to fill <laughs> those last six seats. Uh, it's crunch time. What do you do? How are we filling these seats? How are we selling this out? Oh, great question. And uh, I imagine a lot of people have been there. Mm-hmm. So, A, pick up the phone. Right. Um, you know, uh, Internet marketing is awesome and it's also people's biggest excuse to not actually talk to human beings so you've got to pick up the phone and call people um the more you master picking up the phone and calling people and having them be in your retreat 
the more effective your email marketing will become because you'll actually know the right things to say or the things that are really going on with people because you've actually talked with them. So you've got to pick up the phone. If you don't have phone numbers, um, you may want to come up with something that you can send to your list that's a, a free opt-in that requires a phone number, right? So maybe a free, you know, video training, uh, some sort of tip sheet, worksheet, some sort of opt-in require a phone number so you can start to get those phone numbers. Um, so you can call people. The second thing is look at your ideal people and call them and say, who do you know? Right? Think about the people who have been your best clients. What, where did you meet them? How did you connect with them? Who else would they know? What would they recommend? Right? And really, you know, here's the thing about this. It all requires being vulnerable um, because you're you're asking you're asking someone to buy, you're asking someone to come, you're asking someone to help. Um, being vulnerable is also a key um, skill for hosting a profitable retreat because people really will connect with you that way. So um, picking up the phone is the number one thing, asking for referrals, um, really connecting with people and asking. Right. So that's going to be your number one recommendation, which is to start the networking. Pick up the phone, call some of your top clients and customers, uh, call, follow up with people who've expressed any level of interest, and then start asking your colleagues who do they know, what referrals are available out there, where else can I get exposure? Exactly. Right. Right. In your experience exactly. with the, in your experience with these retreats, uh, do you find that a lot of people tend to sign up at the very last minute? Is this or is this just uh, everybody else except you? Yes. <laughs> No, yes. Yes, they do. Absolutely. And you've got to follow up with people, right? So, I mean, we could have a whole conversation about sales, Adam. Um, you know, when people say, okay, great, I'd love to come send me the, send me the webpage, right? They're basically trying to get you off the phone. <laughs> right. So you really, you know, if you do do that and you send them the page, you have to call them back. And it can seem like, well, I don't want to drag people, right? But, it's just whatever's top of mind. People are looking for something, right? And you've got to know that your event or retreat meets a real need that people are looking for um, so that you have that confidence to do that. But people are looking for it. And if it's not you, it's going to be someone else. I can't tell you how many times you know, I've connected with someone who I met at some point and I knew they'd be a great client and I, you know, didn't follow up with them and then they hired someone who, you know, they hired my friend or whatever, right? And it's like, why? They followed up with them. Um, and it really is the thing. You've got to, you've got to actually follow up. You've got to call people. If you're right. going to spend, you know, three days with them in a room, you can't be afraid of them. <laughs> right. To really connect with them and talk with them. So right. there are some strategies, you know, if you have more time. I mean, you're kind of at that point where it's like, God, I've tried everything, right? Um, if you have more time, I actually have um, methodologies for how to create the marketing campaigns that really connect with people that are authentic, that are vulnerable, that that people will resonate with. Um, but if you're getting to that, you know, that time period, and that happens, it still happens for me. You know, right. I'm calling people, but right. it's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a ton of people when it's a small room. And when you're really focused in on what the thing is that you do, um, it becomes really easy to call people. 
Exactly, exactly. You know, I, I, it, it might be worth mentioning for our listeners that the sequence of events that led to you joining us here in Business Creators Radio Show started when somebody from your office contacted me to ask if I was interested in coming to your upcoming event in Las Vegas. Now, unfortunately, I was not able to do it because I'm actually already speaking at another event on the exact same day. If it wasn't for that, I would have been there, though. But, uh, but... You know, making those calls led to you coming on the Business Creators Radio Show, and then you know through the ripple effect, you may end up getting a couple people at that event. So, just an example of how that exactly. works. Works. So, so you exactly. know, so, be, you know, so make the calls, and then also uh, be open to the, oppor- the the possibility that opportunities you weren't originally aiming for or weren't expecting could open up that could lead to filling those seats. So that's another thing you need to think about: is if all these viral magical things in the marketing space are supposed to happen and magically fill your seats, how are you going to make that happen unless you start spreading the virus? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I had to put it that way so that people got it. So um, <laughs> I love it. Right. So we have about three minutes left here. And first of all, um, Darla Ledoux, I want to thank you again so much for being with us. Um, as we wrap up, I want to give you the floor for just two minutes here and tell us how you serve business creators and how our listeners can get more information from you regarding this topic. I know I myself am on the edge of my seat for what you're going to share with us. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so I work with, and people pretty much have a sense of it here, but I work with entrepreneurs who are really committed to being themselves and making money, right, to being authentic, to connecting with their audience, to working with um, ideal right-fit clients, um, you know, kind of in that moment when I lost my stepdad and I said, the life is too short to be spending it the way you don't love, right? right? If you've had some sort of experience like that, my goal is to really help people align their business model with the truth of who they are and how they operate best. And what I found as a trend is many of my clients operate best um, connecting with people, holding space for people, you know, whether they're a graphic designer or a personal trainer or a consultant or a coach, kind of have that common skill, which is intangible and people have trouble marketing. And I really help them market that and make it real and practical. Um, And, you know, one of the gifts that I have for your people, and I so love that you – offered this opportunity because my team member connected with you and I want to offer something cool for your people who want to learn more and want to dive a little bit deeper. And this is really specifically around marketing your retreat or marketing really any program you're offering or any service that you're offering. Um, The way to get the right people in the room or the right people into your program who naturally fit with you. They get who you are. You get who they are. They're easy to work with. You don't have to pretend to be anyone you're not, is to connect with them through your marketing. Right. So if people visit um, alignedentrepreneurs.com, it's so fun to spell entrepreneurs, by the way, mm-hmm. um, alignedentrepreneurs.com forward slash marketing kit. Um, when they get there, they will find the campaigns that connect marketing kits. And this is a 90-minute um, class that I did Great. that comes with a workbook, and it's all about how to get what you're thinking about in your mind, what your clients are thinking about, out of your head and into your marketing campaign, whether it's an email marketing or video marketing. You really get the angle and the theme of what you're marketing 
out of your head into the words that will connect with your right people. Exactly. So if you love this and, you know, you think I might be your person or have some value to add for you, I'd love for you to go over there and opt in and grab that free kit. Yep. Absolutely. And I'd like to remind all of our listeners that uh, these links are on each guest expert's profile on businesscreatorsradioshow.com, of which Darla has one. So, Darla Ledoux, thanks again for being with us today. Thank you. And Thank you, Adam. Great questions. You bet. You bet. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and also on iTunes, where we help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.